Well, it's got to be the cool and sexy factor, right? And I always say, you know, automotive, it doesn't, it doesn't portray itself as kind of the sexy career, right? That's Carla Bello, president and CEO of CAR, the Center for Automotive Research. Carla joins us to talk about the perception and image issue the automotive and mobility industry has and how it affects its talent attraction and retention. Furthermore, Carla talks about the need for more diversity and inclusiveness in how we talk about and market the industry to ensure a diverse workforce. Ultimately, Carla says it's the industry that needs to come together and address these issues holistically and make changes now to support a sustainable talent pipeline in the future. How? Perhaps through more hands-on engagement in the education community or through an industry-driven marketing campaign that shows careers in the field as how Carla puts it, cool and sexy. Carla, thank you for joining me today. It's great to be here, Caitlin. So before we get started, can you just give me and our listeners a little bit of an overview on CAR and the work that you're doing? I'd love to. Um, the Center for Automotive Research is a nonprofit automotive think tank, I guess is the best way to describe us. Our whole mission is to promote the sustainability of the automotive and mobility industries um, by providing really that thought leading research that can be used as a toolkit for the different companies that we interact with to really help them navigate the waters of the future. Great. So you have more than 35 years of experience in the automotive industry, which is amazing. Can you talk a little bit about your background and how you got to be at CAR? Oh, I'd love to. Um, fundamentally, 35 years, that means, first of all, I'm really old. But secondly, um, I spent early in my career at GM and then I went to Nissan for the vast majority of my career, the last 25 years in the industry. And the reason I even started in the industry at all, I was born and raised in Detroit and uh, my family, my father was a tool and die guy. His dad was a tool and die guy. My grandpa on the other side of the family was a sweeper at the Ford Rossonville plant. My grandma was a Rosie the Riveter. So, uh, you know, automotive has just always been um, in, in my blood, so to speak. Um, so I went to General Motors Institute and got my engineering degree, and that uh, started off my career in automotive. Um, I've just always loved cars, felt cars had a personality, um, loved driving, driving fast, ride and handling. So I did a lot of my early work in ride and handling and dynamic performance, and then moved on to be chief vehicle engineer. And during that time, I also had the opportunity to go to Japan for five years and run a business unit. So I ran trucks and SUVs globally and was there during the economic crisis. So really expanded my portfolio on the business side so that when I came back and was head of R&D for North and South America, um, you know, I had that full portfolio of experience. Um, and I did that job for almost for about three years and, and then went into academia and being in academia at Ohio State, I was asked to really take a look at every college in that university that was doing anything related to mobility from Echoskeleton up through drones and come up with one or two big projects we could work on in unison and collaboration. And it was a white sheet um, 
a white sheet job opportunity so I could mold it as I wished. And those were always my best opportunities throughout my entire career. I absolutely loved having a white sheet of paper to create something. That was where I um, got involved in smart mobility and smart cities and how really we could use mobility to improve um, citizens' lives and uh, was the lead in the Columbus Smart City Challenge, which we were awarded by the Department of Transportation. Um, and that was a fabulous experience. The best part about that, quite frankly, was working with the students. They're incredibly brilliant, um, just a joy to work with and to see them grow and learn. And, and now that they've started their own careers, I just love following what they're doing. Um, and then I was asked to come to CAR, and really CAR is the best combination of academia and industry. All of our research goes into industry. It's spawned from industry. It's meant to promote industry, but we do research like academics do. All of our papers are, are very well done. Um, we're proud of everyone that comes out of our door, same as in academia with the same sort of references and citations. So... Um, that's a long story, a long-winded story, but that's how I got here to CAR and, and have been here almost three years now. I love that. I, I love how your your long-winded story really started with your family and how this has kind of been a family legacy of yours um, to be in this industry. And then that took you all the way through to working with with students in this next generation of talent. So I'd like to jump in and talk about talent in this industry. Um, over the last couple of years, there's been so much talk about talent and workforce and that pipeline. And so what do you think is the biggest issue around building a sustainable pipeline for the industry? Well, I think there's, there's a few issues. Um, one is predominantly related to our image. And the image is, you know, that we're kind of a stodgy old, old industry, very set in our ways, not very <clears throat> progressive, not very innovative. And that is fundamentally so wrong. Um, we have to get out and start talking about the cool things that we're doing. Yes, we're making cars. And, and yes, there are a lot of people doing, I would say, and it's not normal engineering jobs, but pumping cars out the door. There are a lot of people though on the leading edge of technologies and even those that are working on getting cars out the door are still also improving the customer experience, working on the ergonomics, um, working on new infotainment systems. There's <clears throat> so much technology that's going into a vehicle these days that we're just not talking about enough. Um, talking really to and talking at the right level um, to the students about, you know, how how compelling a career in automotive can be. I If you go to any college recruiting fair, all of the automotive companies are there. The automotive suppliers are there. And then you've got the Googles, the Amazons, the Facebooks. And the lines for those companies are so long and the lines for automotive are, are virtually non-existent. So we have to do something different. The job fairs aren't going to work. We have to get into the classrooms. We have to start talking to the students directly. We have to sponsor more projects with, with students so that they can see the, the cool things we're talking about, the things we're developing. Let them get a feel for what automotive is and you know the, the high-tech areas that are possible there and the future, the future of mobility, the future of ride-sharing, autonomy, 
connectivity, platooning, all of these things that are really, really complex and high tech. Is there is there anyone or any example that kind of sticks out in your head as being a really good example of someone who's done this right? Um, I think if we look at let, let's bring up Tesla, um, you know, I think that's that's a pretty good example of somebody who's talking about the right things. If you go to their facility, which I don't know if you ever had the chance to go, but if you do take advantage, but but you go there and everybody there says we are not an automotive company, we are a technology company. Um, and they don't even talk about manufacturing cars. Of course, they'll show you the plant, et cetera. But they really talk about the customer experience, um, how they're driving innovation through the through the delivery of infotainment, how it's all about, you know, the experience of owning an EV and the Tesla-ness of, of that product. And it's it's through it's permeated throughout every layer of the company. What what uh, that's like, and then if you have the, you have the CEO who's not only talking about how great the product is, but also talking about Hyperloop and talking about aerospace and the convergence of technology. So if you think about that company, you can see how you know having having automotive in any way can propel you into so many different directions. The next question that really came naturally to me to ask is, what do you think is that that one thing that talent or students need to know about the industry that you think would sway their mind? Is it that there's so many different a uh, aspects to a career here and that it's really a convergence or is it something else? Well, I think there's a few things. First of all, I think any company that you want, that you go to work for, you need to have a passion for that company. And you need to have a passion for that company's products. I don't care if it's automotive or aerospace or let's say P&G Pampers division. I mean, you have to have a passion for whatever that product and industry is. If you don't have that passion, it's difficult. It's difficult to really, really be engaged for a long period of time. But in automotive, the great opportunity is there are so many different areas between manufacturing and product development and sales and marketing and profitability and accounting and mergers and acquisitions. There are so many different areas that you that you can actually kind of make your own career path. And I always advise um, young people to do this in any regard. I tell them, you know, you really are in charge of your own destiny. You're really in charge of, you know, thinking about what your career path should look like, how you want to fill your portfolio, what your long term goal is. Always being flexible, of course, because what you think at 20, at 25 changes when you're 35, changes when you're 45. But always be in charge of that yourself. But there are so many different areas you can get involved in in an automotive company. You won't be stagnant, you know, unless you choose to be, unless you find your niche and, and want to stay there, which a lot of people do. But the career pathing and the opportunities are vast. And not only with the OEMs, but with a lot of the, the suppliers, with other sub-suppliers, with information companies, with cellular companies, because 
automotive is using all of these aspects today. You know, for example, if you went to GM, you could be working on OnStar, which is all about um, information and communications and rapid response and data monetization. You could be part of their fuel cell group. You could be part of their EV group. You could also be working on the Corvette. You know, there's just all these different Um, things that you could be involved in and you don't know till you get there really that vast array of possibilities so don't limit yourself and think about the opportunities for growth whatever um, whatever kind of business you choose to go into so it sounds like you know taking tesla out of out of the equation here because they seem to be a little bit more unique in this aspect but it really sounds like there's a a perception and an awareness issue among future talent on what this industry really means and what a career looks like so as as a collective industry um, what can we do to fix this pipeline issue now well there's a few things. I mean, first, I think we do have to collaborate as an industry. And this is very hard to do because we are ruthless competitors against one another. Fundamentally, we sell competing products and we just in general haven't worked well together. But if we can actually come together and work as as a group and talk about you know, just how cool the automotive industry in general is and get together with the the big six or the big nine or whatever you want to call the the big companies that are here and get out and talk about these cool things we're doing. Make an educational consortium. And it's not just for college bound, but it's also for skilled trades. We we are in dire need of skilled trades um, throughout all of the industry. Um, really expand on those and do something different and unique. Go and talk. One thing I would love to see more of is the industry going into the classroom as a guest speaker and talking about some of the cool things and having one-on-ones with with the students. Um, Sponsor more capstone projects. Have the students do hands-on research for you. It's very inexpensive and you get a full cross-functional team to be able to work on a project for your company. Maybe even think about what to do in media, social media, and it has to be, you know, small little snippets or videos that have to be less than two minutes because attention spans are really short. Um, Have more retirees from the automotive companies or those who, uh, you know, have reached the pinnacle of their career, have them become guest or adjunct professors, get them in the classroom. Um, And then what can we do better for even younger the younger generations, because especially females, it's not cool to be a math or science geek after you're about 11. And it's a really tough age for girls. So how can we tell them and keep them engaged? It's great to be a geek and cars are cool and mobility services and multi-mobility and modality. All those kinds of things are awesome, but you need to stick it out with your with your STEM um, Uh, education so and and you can make it the other thing we need to think about is we need to have more people that look like us in in education and in the companies we need to see more diverse um, people teaching we need to see more diversity in the companies because 
you know, if you if you don't see somebody that looks like you, you're not going to feel comfortable from day one. And that makes it a, a challenge. It's already tough, but it makes it a double challenge. Um, universities need to work on that. And even even um, K-12 needs to work on that to make sure we, we're really showing. Yes. You know, with from a diversity viewpoint, you can do this because I did it. We need to have more mentoring one-on-one. I know that's one of the things that I mentioned the students in, in university that I loved working with. When I was also in industry, I usually had at least 14 mentees every year um, that I spent time with. And I learned as much from them as I hope they learned from me. But I mean, this is, this is our pipeline. These are the people who are gonna run the company someday. You have to take time to, to talk and sit down um, and and just just hear let them hear your voice let them see that they can do it give them confidence in themselves so on a on a more uh, collective level it sounds like there's a large need for a marketing or communications play here so how can we you know thinking similarly to to the steel matters campaign which was talking about you know the importance of steel in the industry how can we is there a play here for doing something similar but promoting the automotive and mobility industry to this audience Boy, I would think so. I would think that, you know, collectively we could create maybe a series of podcasts like you're doing now, um, a series of um, uh, short videos. Um, I I always think back to um, what the oil companies did um, in some of their advertisements, and they were really some of the best ones where the kid was talking about his mom as a scientist. I think it might have been for ExxonMobil, but I could be wrong. It might have been Shell. But, you know, it really talked about some of the great opportunities and showed his mom and all these different settings and all the things she had done working for this company. And it was less than two minutes, but it was really compelling. It didn't talk about what the company made at all. It just talked about the cool jobs his mom had done. Um, You know, if we can if we can actually, you know, visualize that or talk about, you know, highlight certain I would say you could highlight, uh, do a a series on technology and the cool stuff. You could do a series on, you know, diverse people in the industry that, you know, have made it and how they got there and what their story was and what challenges they had to overcome and what they would view as sustainability. Maybe get some um, students that are actively involved in um, some of the capstone projects and or Uh, let's say the SAE racing teams or some of the kids involved in the echo car program through DOE. I mean, there's a number of, of, of places and, and, and students that are deeply involved in the automotive industry or the U of M solar car, for example, but, you know, just show, you know, demonstrate and, and probably a lot of this material already exists. It's just a matter of putting it together. Um, and if the automotives all went together, automotives and tiers even went together and put in some dollars, it would definitely be a, I, I would, I would be certain it would pay back it, and then, then they wouldn't have to, you know, fund the whole thing out of their own pocket, so to speak. They could share it and then they all could benefit. 
I love that. So when we're thinking about this hypothetical uh, awareness and, and perception campaign, what do you think is the secret sauce that would really win talent over, whether it's skill trades, whether it's students in college or students in high school or or students in, in middle school? What do you really think is that one thing that will really hit home? Well, it's got to be the cool and sexy factor, right? And I always say, you know, automotive, it doesn't it doesn't portray itself as kind of the sexy career, right? But I mean, you think about how we can battle or what's our secret sauce compared to let's say compared to the 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 high-tech companies that are out in the Valley or in Boston or any of these other areas. What do we have to offer that, that they can't? And I think it, it goes back to a little bit of diversity of, of product and all the different jobs that are possible. I think we have to talk about, you know, what are, what are the things you could be doing? It's not all about, you know, looking at an engine and, and trying to get the best performance. It's far from it. And, and what does the future portend for, uh, you know, when you think about electronics and uh, about information technology and coding, talk about the lines of code in a car. Um, it, it's, it's tremendous compared to what it, what it used to be. Talk about the terabytes of data. And we could actually, you know, do a comparison perhaps to those other what are seemed high tech industries and say, look, we're equally as high tech. So I think we have to fight on the high tech side. And then what's the cool, sexy side? You know what? And really, what what do we bring that they can't bring? And then, you know, the, the third idea is, you know, not just the the cool and sexy side, but what can we offer from an overall quality of life standpoint? I mean, we most of the companies are located in an area where the cost of living is, is very reasonable. Home prices are reasonable. Transport times are reasonable. Again, what are those advantages that would be compelling um, when you think about a younger person and their perspective which is, you know, they're not they're not working to live, but they're you know, they're not living. I'm sorry, living to work, but they're working to live. Right. So that kind of balance. I think we also have to talk about, you know, how COVID has disrupted and what that means for the long term in terms of, you know, remote working and again, quality of, of work and work life. Not everybody's in manufacturing. You don't in manufacturing. You don't have a choice. You have to be there while the plant's running. That's it. But certainly not all the jobs are in that. You have flexibility in, in your career. And I think we have to talk about that flexibility and we have to keep talking about how important the employees are to the organization. Um, I know uh, the high tech companies always talk about their employees and they don't have HR. They have a chief people officer. We have to think about some of this terminology and, and, you know, use that as well, because we have to be at least on the same page to start with and then talk about those extras that we can bring in terms of secret sauce. I love that. I think that's that's a great way to kind of close things out is, you know, we have 
we have the industry, we have the cool and the, all the technology that is attention grabbing. We just have to find a way to elevate it and give it a platform and give it a voice that will really attract the talent that we need now and the talent that we're going to need in the future. So I, thank you very much for having this conversation with me and for joining us today. You're very welcome. Had a good time, thanks. Thank you for listening to Mobility, Decoding the Secret Sauce. I'm Caitlin Davis, Director at Lambert & Company, a nationally ranked top five automotive and transportation public relations firm. We know the success of mobility, whether it's autonomous, electric, aerial, or public transit, will truly lie in public perception and acceptance. Without high adoption rates, even the best mobility platforms and technologies will fail to reach their full potential. Between strategic communications, public relations, integrated marketing, and investor relations, Lambert is here to help you drive results and help you change the way the world moves. Learn more about us at Lambert.com.